This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be listening to the conclusion of a fascinating sermon delivered by my husband as part of his series on Heavenly Authority. Having spoken in this series about the great authority the Lord gives his disciples and which is promised in the scriptures, Pastor went on to discuss the necessary attitude required of any servant of Jesus, namely humility. He looked at the Lord's teaching in Luke chapter 14 about taking the lowest place at the table and the principle that whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And then Pastor Greg provided an example from U.S. history of the dangers that can result when this principle is not followed. He began to read from a section in the book, The Light and the Glory, by Peter Marshall and David Manuel. Just at the point of colonial victory, with the founding of the nation and the adoption of the Constitution, based on the Christian foundation that men are sinful by nature and require checks and balances, with no one group in absolute control. The influence of the European Enlightenment began to gain a foothold in the nation and even its ministers. This so-called Age of Reason, which had such terrible consequences in the French Revolution, promoted the innate goodness of man, independent of God or the redemption in Christ. And the authors of the book write that many ministers were actually duped by its subtle blandishments that flattered the ego by exalting the intellect. Let me read part of the lead-in to today's sermon. How could so many ministers have been taken in? The Puritan tradition in America had put great emphasis on the importance of a well-trained and disciplined mind as a tool to be placed at God's disposal and totally submitted to His will and glory. And the ministers were further encouraged to continue their studies after college, for the one thing the Puritans despised was a dumb dog for a clergyman in the pulpit. But the intellect is one of Satan's prime harvesting grounds for reaping the fruit of pride. And without the strong check and balance of an awareness of the dangers of self-righteousness, it can soon become an instrument for the glorification of self, not God. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he continues the reading. Many ministers were being led astray into enlightenment thinking. Indeed, things got to the point in some ministerial circles, much like today, it became rather naive and even a trifle primitive to think of God in such intensely intimate and personal terms as had been the case in first century Christianity. In other words, we're so sophisticated now, we can't think of God as a, as a person. Like God spoke to Adam, God spoke to Abraham. 
uh, we have to think of God as a force, of some great force that's obviously not involved with us on a personal relation. Well, then the gospel disappears, right? And all you can talk about are the good teachings of Jesus towards the poor, towards those that need help, which are true good teachings. But you've got to eliminate all the other stuff that smack of a personal relationship with the Almighty God, who is that he is, and the only way you're saved is by the blood. Well, that sounds very barbaric. The blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. We've got to temper it all so we sound very, very smart, and we don't want to sound primitive. The French infidelity caught on quickly, and many ministers became the unwitting progenitors of rational deism. They hadn't gone so far as to reject the idea of a source. He just wasn't the personal God of the Bible. So they became deist, deism. They had forgotten what the early Puritans had known so well that ultimately it was not the mind, but the will that mattered, the willingness to put down one's own will for God's will. And they said, for the first time, the ministers lost touch with the people. For the better part of two centuries, the ministers had provided the spiritual, moral, and intellectual leadership for the nation. Now, when you talk about the first couple of centuries of this nation, your intellectual leaders were Bible-believing Christians. You know, today, everyone has the image of if you're a Bible-believing Christian, you're holding a snake down south someplace, right? Bible-believing Christians are held out as, as the stupidest of people by the media. But in the nation, the nation as a whole held their Bible-believing ministers as the most intellectual men in the nation. They were responsible for many of the things, many of the sermons that led to the revolution. But now it changed. Now that mantle, they said, passed to statesmen, politicians, educators, publishers, and prominent laymen the nation was spiritually adrift, and the ministers had no one to blame but themselves. Right? Pride. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted, but whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Right? They lost their position. As they try to become, because of the pride of themselves, as they try to absorb this rationalism, not only did they make a mockery of God's word and not use their trust the right way, but they also lost their position as the leaders. Many of the people to Congress used to be ministers. They would send to the Congress ministers. They lost their position as well. Pride and arrogance. In Matthew chapter 18, at verse 1, at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself, humbles himself as this little child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Humility humbles himself. Great power is given to those who should be humble. Take the last place, the place of the servant. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and we'll, we'll close with this. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Actually, you read in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, their mommy, their mother, leads the way. 
And they came to him, Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. That's an open-ended. Be careful when someone does that to you. You'll do this for me, right? You know, just say yes before you know what it is. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. They want the top two positions. They know he gets the top, but they want the next two positions after him. And they're going to have it for all eternity. They're not asking too much, right? But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Can you do what I'm going to do? Do you have in front of you what I have in front? They said to him, we are able. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. James will be the first apostle martyred. John will be the last, an old man on Patmos. He'll be imprisoned. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when they heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. Well, the other disciples are saying, hey, wait a minute. Can you imagine Peter there, you know, and Nathaniel and Matthew? What about them? What about us? They're going to take the two top, and where are we going to be in this, in this position around the throne at the kingdom? They were greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And we read this also, remember another section in Matthew. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave, bondservant. Of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He came to serve. He came in humility. By humility, you serve. That's what it means to have the positions of authority in the New Testament. It's not like the Gentile world, where automatically you lift it up. And everyone bows down to you like a king, like you're in second or third command. Well, I'm not the top. Jesus is the top, but I'm his such and such on earth. Bow down before me. No. That pride and arrogance will lead to your downfall and your church's downfall and your ministry's downfall. It will bring in the errors of the devil because to maintain your pride, you will absorb every teaching apart from the Bible, to keep your position. Humility and an attitude of being a slave, a bondservant, exemplifies those in authority in the new covenant. So is great power given by the Lord to his servants? Yes. But with that must come great, great humility. Not to be brazen. There's been tremendous works of God by men that understood the power of God but did not look inside their own hearts and pride when they stood just to the point they could really accomplish something and move the kingdom to the next level in this world because of the arrogance they felt. Heavenly Father, we just ask you now to instill in each believer, Father, and especially those who have public ministries, Father, the 
attitude of humility, Father, of servitude, of being the last, if truly they're in a position of being in the lead. Father God, we just pray that we would receive with open hearts, Father, the full authority you desire us to have to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy, to crush the demonic activity under our feet, to stand and not fall. But as we do so, Father, with all our hearts, let us receive the fullness of the authority you have for each of us with the office and the gifts you have for us, Lord God. And with the fullness of our hearts, let us consider ourselves only humble servants, Lord. Let us take that least position at the table that you would exalt us into the positions we should be. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. On shiarjeshub.org, you will find information about our church, as well as a library of Bible radio and video programs, and of course, a link to our Sunday morning service. The live streams on YouTube of the Sunday sermons by Pastor Greg and Associate Pastor Dr. Francis David begin at 10.30 a.m. and remain posted up on YouTube, as well as rumble.com, and on the church website. Also, it is critical that ministries that preach God's Word be supported in these perilous times. And on our website, we have a secure page where you can make your donation to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle. And thank you in advance for whatever the Lord would lead you to give. That website again is shiarjashub.org and you can check Isaiah 7, verse 3 for the spelling.